welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer. This is an episode I get to do with my friend, Nina Mongendre, that I have a really cool um, meeting her story, actually. Uh, I'm going to read her bio first, and then I'll tell you about how we met and how the universe conspired in many different ways, actually, to get us to meet, but we finally did. So Nina was raised in Paris by an American mother and a French father, and she was exposed to philosophy, art, and beauty from an early age. She carried this interest into her studies at Brown University. Well, I guess I'm giving this away. (laughs) Anyway, so we both went to Brown University and her work at Sotheby's. We didn't meet at Brown, though. Um, Her study of healing modalities started in her 20s with the death of her parents. And at that time, she realized that her calling was to be of service to that beauty within us. She is grateful to all the guides along the way who have held space for her. So she is trained, and we're going to talk about this today, which I'm really excited about. She's trained in family constellations, inherited family trauma, and IFS, which is internal family systems. She's a certified hypno-constellations practitioner certified neuro-emotional coach with the Center for Emotional Education, certified shamanic energy medicine practitioner, and you're going to have to pronounce this for me, Nina Munai. Uh, Munaiki is just some shamanic rites. It's part of Munaiki yeah. practitioner for Winds Institute. Okay. She's also the author of the Inner Child and Beyond Oracle Deck and Guidebook, which she's going to share with us today, which is a companion to your healing journey. And she says, I still enjoy curating beautiful things. And she's, oh, she's the founder of Sage Moon, which is a really beautiful website. It's an online sustainable lifestyle store. And she teaches weekly yoga and meditation class at Salt House in New Jersey, I assume, yeah? Yes. Yeah, so Nina and I, it's so it's so funny. You're one of these people in my life that it's like, we had to meet at some point. I mean, you know, we were in so many different places together at the same time. And even though I didn't grow up in Paris, I also grew up in France, which is, crazy and then I went to um I went to yoga teacher training with her brother not (laughs) knowing that it was her brother right um and then and we still haven't met yet we've done four years of brown together well three years because you're a year older than me and then I did yoga teacher training with your brother still didn't know you but I found out a lot about you because I knew at that point your parents your parents had just died because he was grieving that and then I met you finally at the kids tent at summer solstice, which was the annual Kundalini yoga gathering. So we were destined to meet and I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. So let's get into it. All right. All right. Well, hello, Nina. Thank you so much for, uh, for agreeing to do this. And I'm really excited to learn about what you have been up to because I have heard a little bit about it, but not a lot. Yeah, so this journey that, you know, you and I shared a big portion of that journey with trying to find the meaning of life, you know, through Kundalini Yoga, then that kind of blew up. And that's, I know you have many podcasts about that separate story. But I've been on this search of like, how can I heal? How can I help others heal? How can I hold space? But in a non-dogmatic way, that's really, I think, my one takeaway from that Kundalini Yoga journey is that there is no one way and everybody has the answers. We just have to be a mirror and hold that safe space. And so that's what brought me to family constellation work. Um, I was always fascinated by stories of my ancestors. I was always asking my parents, tell me about your mom, tell me about your dad. I unfortunately didn't get to spend that much time while they were alive with any of my grandparents really. 
And so that yearning has been there for the years. And I realized in my shamanic work and the other work I was doing with people that a lot of what held me and them stuck is these wounds from childhood. You know, that lack of acceptance of what was, what happened with mom and dad, with the caregivers, whoever they might be. And so that's that's really what I'm passionate about offering today and helping to hold space for. Did you meet, like, so are your, are, is any of your family alive right now? Did everybody sort of just yeah, go? So my, my brother is, he was just here. He left yesterday. Right, he's, of course, your brother. He's in, uh, he's in Hong Kong. But no, in terms of the generations before, no grandparents, no parents. So it's been quite a journey, right? Like yeah. mother, I have two daughters, so it's been really hard. And I, you know, we, we use the medicine that we need, right? So like what has brought me to feel passionate about this is because I needed to, to mother myself. I had nobody to turn to in my parenting, um, you know, no, no, nothing to fall back into. And so, yeah, that's <laughs> our wounds become our greatest medicine, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, and you've done, you've done, like, I was reading those, those trainings, like you've done so many, so much schooling on, on all of this, which is, which is really cool. I mean, um, what, what do you think, what, what was kind of the progression? Because you didn't start with the family constellations thing. That was something That's that right. you discovered yeah. later on, right? Exactly. Yeah. So the, discovering emotions <laughs> i was a robot for many years my favorite topic <laughs> you know you grew up in france for for many years and you i maybe you have the same experience that in france the way at least i perceived it and my own personality was that it's not great to like have exuberant emotions yeah. and that wasn't my nature anyway like i'm a capricorn i'm pretty introverted so it wasn't my nature and then it definitely wasn't encouraged by the society and yeah. so for me showing emotions until i started realizing this work with the center for emotional education and being coached for since my eldest daughter alaya was four so it's been like six years almost oh, is wow. that I do have emotions. <laughs> I can pretend I don't, but it actually really then gets built up, built up. And I, if I don't allow the joy, I, you know, it, you, you don't feel alive. So that was my final realization is like, okay, I can't keep playing this game anymore that I have to be a stoic and that humans shouldn't show emotions ever because that's just inherently not enjoyable, not healthy and leads you nowhere. And so that was, I would say, like the huge momentum and piece of this journey of wanting to share this with people one on one was that realization. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think that different cultures have like different acceptable emotions. Like mm -hmm. in France, it's very acceptable to be disgusted, yes. <laughs> like, you know, frustrated, frustrated. Like that's kind of that's kind of like a, a socially acceptable way of feeling. And, and in the United States, it, you're kind of pressured to be happy all the time, I feel like, yes. you know, which is also, you know, it, not, there's nothing wrong with being happy, but it's unrealistic to think that you're going to be that way all the time. Right. So mm -hmm. I think different, yeah, different cultures, depending on where you're raised, you, you have some unhealthy relationship with your emotions. It's just yeah. different. Right. 
Absolutely. And I, and I feel France, you know, this, I left 22 years ago and every time I go back, I realize I've changed and, and, you know, it's obviously a generalization, right? But mm -hmm. people yeah. do express their emotions, you know, like right, right, there right. is a part of Latin Mediterranean culture that is actually very tuned into that and not being afraid to like have outbursts of anger, which is healthy, right? And like you said, in the US, we're often like, everything's fine. Everything's good. I'm happy. And that can be another way of, of, uh, just shoving them down and not honoring yeah. the sadness, the pondering moments, the uncertainty, like those are less acceptable here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I was just reflecting back on this, but it's actually a class I took at Brown about the Protestant ethic. So oh, wow. I think that's what it was called. But that's, I feel like that's such a huge part of how, because if you are doing well, if, you, if you're mm -hmm. outward, if you look like you're doing well, God must love you. That was literally the message. And yes. I think that we've all, even if we're not religious, I feel like we've kind of appropriated that. Absolutely. You know? We internalize that Protestant ethic for sure. Yeah. Huh. In the country, definitely. And then in the Catholic countries, a little bit more of the guilt and shame and don't show off your wealth. Don't show off your happiness right. because, right? So. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. God yeah. likes the humble. Yeah. Yes. Really. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you look like you're if you look like you're miserable, then you're really doing it right. You're safe. Like it feels safer, yeah. right? There's yeah. something about that. And so that's taken me years and I, I'm still not there. I think that's the beauty of this. It's like just oh, yeah. we're never gonna be there. We're just working on it all the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, but it it sounds like are you still working with a coach? Yeah. yeah. I just no, uh, me too. I just We I, always need it. I think that's part of the humility of being in this position of coaching others. I think we have to, right? We have to constantly, not const again, no, not constantly, because then we get into that spiritual should, I need to improve myself, which I'm completely against. You know, the more the years passed and the more I realized that's just a dead end street as well. But out of a place of self-nourishment and and talking about our feelings and what's going on in our lives, it's very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, okay, so you you started with the emotions and mm -hmm. then what led you to the the family constellations? So I went to a workshop with this wonder, she's French too, Marine Selene, and she was doing workshops in New York. And uh, she's one of my mentors in this work. She really, it changed my life just stepping into that workshop. What I love about it is that again, there is no guru. There is nobody to tell you like, this is we're going to remove this from your aura or we're going to do this or we're going to fix this it's all about the feelings you have in your body so my first constellation she just you don't know who's your mom and dad you pick so there's 15 people in the room she tells you okay pick, wait wait take take me back okay I understand the so language. when you say constellation you mean class let's, let's say it's a workshop Okay. You are exploring any topic. So you could come in with a topic, I feel stuck in my career, or I'm trying to find a partner, I feel stuck in my love life, or I'm really not in acceptance of my childhood, you know, with my dad or my mom, you know, abuse, whatever it might be, any topic. And, and everybody comes in with one and you do different ones or you're doing one for? Yes. Okay. Okay. You do different ones. So you might not do 15 because that takes a lot of time. But let's say in a three-hour workshop, you might do five, six okay. constellations. So constellation, you can think of it like a vignette, okay. a scene, uh, showing us the unconscious energies of a dynamic. 
So if it's the dynamic between you, your career, and money, or you, your inner child, your mother, where is the inner child? You know, so, okay, so I'll just take it back to the workshop. So imagine you're in a room, it's your turn. I'll say, okay, pick three people. You told me, you know, what your intention is. So you pick three random people in the room that you don't know. You're gonna, oh, okay. You're gonna okay. place them, right? So let's say there's two women and a man you picked. You're gonna take them by the hand and you you don't know what they represent, bless you. <laughs> Muted myself, go ahead. <laughs> you don't know what they represent, who they are yet, right? The facilitator knows. Let's say one of them is your mom, one of them is your inner child, one of them is your father simple constellation but really powerful you place them right there we have information the idea is that there's a field like a, i really see it as a quantum field right when they take those two cells and they put them in different states and they do something to one cell and the other cell responds this is it's based on morphogenic fields it's how birds fly together it's how eagles find their nest it's how the turtles go back you know that there's a, 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 an awareness and intelligence that's biological, right? that's innate. Nobody needs to initiate us into it. You, me, anyone can step into this. No prerequisites, nothing, no hierarchies. That's, that's what I really like about it. So let's say you placed your mom here, your dad facing that way, your mom's face. So let's say they're facing back to back. And then you place your inner child in the middle. The facilitator asked, how do you feel? to the mom, she, the representative knows nothing about your mom or your story, anything. Right, right. The representative says, well, I feel my legs are strong or my legs are weak. I feel nauseous. I feel happy. I feel distracted, whatever. Check in with feelings and sensations. Same thing with the dad, same thing with the inner child. Then you, it's like a whole thing, a right? process, right? They can take 20 minutes, 30, 20, 30 minutes. And the idea is to bring resolution. So it's for the child to be accepting the parents, to be supported by the parents. It's right. Do you, I can continue, but I just. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so is, is this kind of, it sounds like it's spiritual, but also maybe based in like psychotherapy because. Yeah. In so Europe, it's very much part, it, more so in Europe, in European countries. Okay. Here it's starting. Bert Hellinger was German. He's the, he used to be actually a Catholic priest, and then he lived with the Zulu for many, many years. And he studied ancestral worship and dynamics. And then he went to study psychotherapy and gestalt and many, many processes. Okay. And Milton Erickson, like all that. And then he came up with this idea of like, we can access there's no time and space. Like we can access how your great, great grandmother felt and what her trauma was and bring resolution, bring acceptance. We can access an unspoken family secret and we can recognize it and give it a place. And then that like affects the whole lineage and brings a sense of like peace and groundedness. Can and you, can you give an example and, and like something that you've worked through in this, if you if you don't mind, just so that yeah. I'm not quite I'm not quite getting how what it looks like. I mean, I, I get what it looks like visually, but I'm not. Yes, sure. absolutely. So an example of an actual constellation, right, in person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like here's the issue that I came with, and here's what we yes. realized about it, or. 
Yes. Or here's what transpired. Yeah. So I'll give you this as like the most recent one I did. It's more abstract. It's uh, but it was it's very simple because it's just two representatives. So it was me and receiving. Okay. The energy of receiving, right? How I relate to receiving. And so the representative, the woman who I picked, not knowing what she was standing for, she was about like, let's say like eight feet away. And initially I was like, didn't want to look at her. You know, the rep the facilitator was like, how do you feel? I'm like, I don't know. I don't trust her. Like, I want to look the other way. And she was like, I'm ready. She didn't know who she was, right? This is like, <laughs> I'm ready for you. I oh, wait, so okay, hold on. So the person doesn't know what they're working on? No, I know what I'm, I'm the client. I know that I, that I, I was like, I'm having trouble accepting or receiving. I, it's easier to, I knew it was receiving, but I didn't know if she placed my husband, if she placed my kids, if she placed receiving from the US, receiving from my career, okay. money, like it could have been anything. I didn't know that she just actually. Okay, you know, but so you said to the group, this yes. is what I'm working on. Yes. You picked her and she didn't know who she was playing. Exactly. In that. Exactly. It. Okay. And I didn't know who she was specifically either. It could have been my mom, right? Receiving from the okay. it could have been the divine feminine or whatever. Okay, okay. Life. Okay. So right. in the process of this, you discover who this person is yes. for you. Yes. Okay. Because you don't want the mind. So once the sensations are spoken and we clearly see the dynamic then the facilitator and it's their choice some it doesn't have to be blind like the facilitator could say pick a rep representative for receiving pick a representative for yourself okay it, it's very open it doesn't have these kind of rules um okay but yeah and in the end so there was like a 20 minute process i couldn't really look i couldn't trust it's like i don't know you remind me of men like i was like mm. i thought she represented men I was like, I don't like, I kind of want to step back against the wall. I'm not sure, you know, it. And so in that process, it brings up a lot because you're in this, there's people witnessing you in this process and it, it can be emotional. And then in the end, the resolution is that I took, I took a step and I asked her to take a step. I took another one and it's slow. It's like, you're, you're really embodying this. It's not an intellectual experience. And then finally I was like this close to her. I was breathing, looking at her, and then the end, I was like, can I hug you? And so we hugged, and I just tried to allow my body to feel what that was like to receive and to soften into that, that she was there for me, you know, as that embodiment of receiving. Mm -hmm. And it shifted, like it shifts a lot. Every time I do a constellation, I feel very interesting shifts in my perception of myself, of my interaction with others. It's potent because you're in it, right? Which is mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Wow. And so by the end of it, you realized, oh, this person represents, or did somebody say it? About to halfway you, or... through. Yeah. About halfway through, um, Maureen said, she's receiving. Like, this mm. is, she's embodying that energy. Mm. And, yeah. So with the family aspect of it, do you, I guess in in this example there wasn't like really an, a lineage no. type thing but yeah. there is sometimes it sounds like there is and so for example it's of course tied into lineage like my mother my grandmother they gave they gave they sacrificed mm -hmm. trouble receiving most women in our lineages right all of us like 
very often. And so you could bring in at the end of that, like once we were connected and together, you could ask another person in the workshop to stand behind me to represent the women in my lineage and just to allow me to feel and she did many times you know we did that like to allow me to feel that support and i could even lean back like have that person put their hands on my shoulder shoulders and just actually lean back into it and take some breaths like allow a minute or two to pass to to feel what that what is what is that like right to imagine all the women in your lineage receiving with you and trusting that now they can open up to that wow are these groups mostly women or are there some men yeah, we've that had a few them? yeah we've had yeah. a few men and it's always amazing you know when yeah. men come because we need that <laughs> we yeah. need the, the, the male energy as well yeah do does your husband participate in this he does yeah he, yeah he does really love it like he's had some one-on-one -on -one work um he hasn't been to a group workshop because <laughs> i'm always the one going usually but he yeah He's had some interesting explorations. Yeah. Because you can do it one on one, right? So you can have a piece of paper. That's what I do in my sessions with shoes, pairs of shoes, or a piece of paper that I would say, okay, Porter, like place in your room right on the bottom these three things, shuffle them, and then place them in your space, stand on them, tell me how you feel on each one, oh. if you notice. Wow, that's really interesting. That, that, I mean, in a sense, it's sort of like working with your guides, it seems like yeah. in like a, but in like a more yeah. concrete way that maybe is easier for some, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people probably to, to feel connected with, I, I would guess. I haven't Absolutely. done it. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. it absolutely is that. Because the hypno constellation is basically doing the same thing, but eyes closed, I guide you imagine your future self walking into the space imagine the block walking into mm. the space imagine your mother walking into the space and so that's all happening in the realm of your psyche and yes yeah. imagine a guide coming a resource yeah Absolutely. yeah you got the sense of it for sure that's exactly what it is it's tapping into our inner knowing in these different ways that's really cool it's it's um it's interesting to me too like so i get so much out of the coaching that that i receive um and i because of like our history because of the you know the cult background and the avoidance of emotions and really like kind of self-hatred that propelled yeah. me to want to be somebody different you know yeah. um i i I thought all that we were doing was part was growth work. You know, I thought we were, and, and I remember at the end of it, I was like, wow, I'm really kind of just where I started growth wise. I mean, it's kind of pathetic, not, you know, I have more life experience, but in terms of how I relate to myself, I'm kind yeah. of at the same place. And <laughs> so my, my partner was like, well, have you done the work? And I like, Cause he'd been in psycho, he'd been in uh, therapy for like 10 years or something. So I decided to seek out kind of a more traditional therapist mm -hmm. and she was so sweet, but it was so, it was not helpful for me mm -hmm. at all. It was too, it was too like for me personally. And I think we all, you know, we're all at different places and we need different kinds of help. But for me personally, it was like too focused on behaviors, mm -hmm. like 
try this, try this, try saying it this way, try, you know, and that doesn't help me because it doesn't get to the root of anything. Right. That's exactly right. And that's my number one thing is let's get to the root of this. And this is why I love inner child work, no matter what, like, you know, all these names and whatever it's certifications, like in the end, it's just about holding space with compassion, right? For another human being, nobody's better, nobody's whatever. It's just, <laughs> are we doing our own work so that we can have compassion and, and shine the light, right? Like, let's look here together and really listening deeply so we can ask the right questions. And yes, where it, what is the root? Like, is it ancestral? Not always, right? Is it in, the, in childhood? Yeah, often. Is it past size? I mean, there are many, many ways, right, of exploring, but I do have, I have found in my own journey, looking for the root has been the most impactful versus what you said, I've had very similar experiences. It's not helpful, like redirecting thoughts or behaviors, like, yeah, but that behavior, if I have it, it was adaptive for a while, like it served a purpose, otherwise I wouldn't have it. And so we need to go back to when it was created and to really have compassion and understand why it was created. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're hopefully coming to a point where, I mean, at least in our circles, right? Like people do value this sort of, mm -hmm. this perspective, because I think that there's um there's been an overemphasis for a long period of time on this kind of masculine concept of like well can we quantify it you know what research has shown that this is effective or whatever and how do you even i mean you kind of have to take someone's word for it because how do you quantify healing it's a very feminine concept yeah you know? um, yeah. yeah well it sounds really really beautiful this this work so when you when you're working with people, you're, you're doing, it sounds like you're doing in a coaching capacity, but also in a hip, hypnotherapist capacity. Yeah, so I, it's, it's really based, I allow what they need to guide me. Like I don't show up with an agenda. And so I have this basket of tools which come in if they're useful, you know, only if they serve. And so for some people, we do first the ancestral work, we work with those shoes or footsteps we look at relationship with mom and dad that's usually how it goes like the first session is really what is your worst fear what might you be carrying for the lineage we look at three generations on your mom's side and your father's side mm -hmm. to try to bring again like just understanding and softness if you're carrying some anxiety for a grandparent that was born in a concentration camp let's let's hold space for that let's witness it we can't redo the past, but we can witness and acknowledge what has been carried for very good reason, right? That's mm -hmm. those are difficult moments and experiences. And so through that witnessing process, and there are you know, some statements that I invite people to say, like, I honor you, you have a place in my heart, grandfather, I see what you went through, that must have been difficult. These are called soul statements. They're just very simple truths that have to resonate for the client. So I always tell them, like, if it doesn't resonate, don't say it, right? Just tell me if it lands flat. But usually it, it really does unlock something in their body. Um, and so that's how it goes. And then 
if they're saying, well, I feel really blocked with this in my career and I want to get to this vision of my life, then a, a, a guided, it's a gentle, it's just like a gentle guided visualization, you know, hip, very gentle hypnosis so that they can access the subconscious and see what comes up through placing those elements inside, um, inside a, a place in nature that they imagine, right? Like as if you were in a workshop, but it's happening all in your own, in your own space. With, with the, the person who might have an ancestor who'd been in a concentration camp, mm -hmm. is that something that was like told to them or is this something that they're like feeling in the, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, cause I don't even know what my great grandparents yeah, went through. It can be both, which is why it's so beautiful. Like sometimes people have these, um, so Mark Wolin is, he wrote an amazing book about this and I studied with him. Uh, to do the one-on-one -on -one in, in the way he approaches it, which is, I really, really love. He wrote a book called, It Didn't Start With You. And he has many wonderful stories in there and it's about inherited trauma. And I'll just tell you one because I feel it illustrates this like so beautifully. So he had a client come to him, a 19 year old man, who when the day he turned 19, he started waking up in the middle of the night, like around 2 a.m. and just like shaking. I can't go back to sleep. I'm going to die. I can't go back to sleep. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. He went to see every specialist, right, for a year, nothing, nothing physiological. And then I guess he found his way to, to this, to Mark for inherited trauma. They look at their, his lineage, starts asking questions like, did anybody die? Did, was anybody, did anybody steal an inheritance when anybody cheated in a business deal? Oh, there's like a list of many, many questions. This night, this boy found out. And just sorry, this yeah. is being asked in hypnosis, like in a session. No, 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 no. It's a, or in a. Or I like, send normal. So you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me what you know. Like okay. I send you in the list before our before the first session, so that you can talk to relatives and prepare. And then okay. I draw, gotcha. I create the whole genogram, like the map with the three generations. And so as they're talking, it turns out that. The boy did not notice, he did not know, the 19 year old did not know that his uncle died at 19. So his dad's brother died at 19 years old. It was so painful, nobody spoke about it. His dad, like the mom did not want the family to speak of it. It was kind of just, you know what, that happens often, right? Somebody dies, It's let's not mention it. So he didn't know what happened. Turns out, so he asks his father after that uncle died, he was repairing power lines in a blizzard on the Northeast Ooh. and it was freezing. And he was left, I don't know what happened, maybe his truck, something, he was left in the blizzard, he was alone and they found him frozen to death, but he had been pacing around. Like, I can't go to sleep, I can't go to sleep, I'm going to die. Uh. The second they acknowledged that, the boy never woke up again with that oh. fear. And so to answer your question is both. Sometimes we know a story about a grandmother who died in childbirth and we have a fear mm -hmm. of getting pregnant. Yeah. Or we might not know. And then we can, the good news is you can still release it. You just acknowledge it, give it a place. You say like, I don't know who this happened to. I don't know who I'm carrying it for, but I, I, I offer it back to my lineage with respect. I hold you all with love. You know, you, you can still find resolution. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's really, that's really cool. That's really yeah. powerful. 
So have you had, have you had experiences similar to that where you haven't realized something about your lineage that was like greatly affecting you? Yeah, I've had many, like many moments, like not like something so crazy. <laughs> this one is like, I think it's such a great story. Yeah. Uh, mine, many, many just subtle, but, but like insidious things <laughs> that have been like really like creating blocks or been held and carried. Um, one yeah where i realized actually and it's it doesn't have to be like a biological relative which is interesting like so with one where my grandmother was married before she married my grandfather and then had my mom that's so funny i was just gonna ask you about that nina that's so crazy <laughs> because i was thinking my dad was adopted i wonder if his mother would be considered part of my lineage okay yes oh absolutely like his so his biological mother and then the the one the people who raised him both yeah like yeah. this is the key with adoption is that we have to give a place even if we don't know who they are like it's very important right to acknowledge um both okay yeah, sorry. So, like, sorry i had many clients in like italian families who the grandpa the grandmother was left at the church doorsteps like more than three or four clients have had that story yeah so they have no idea who their who their parents are or anything about that side of the lineage um, but anyway, so my grandmother was married to this man, Sterling, who was very successful, kind of the madman ad. He was like one of those first. His uh, name was literally Sterling. Sterling Getchell. Sterling Getchell, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and he was very successful. There was a New York Times article about him. He created, I think, the Exxon Mobil, like that horse with the wings, like that logo. And he was at the oh. prime, like, you know, set for an amazing career. And he died, I think, 41 or 42, very young, leaving his wife, my grandmother, with a two-year-old and a six-month-old boy. And my whole life, like, I always had this sense, like, of... So this was your mother, your father? My or... grandmother's husband, my grandmother's first husband. But, like, was that where her child, was the child... Her half brother, or, no, no. So your mom's half brother. Yeah, my mom's okay. two half brothers. Yeah, gotcha. okay. and basically just a lot of entanglement. Like, and there's you know, entanglement is not positive or negative, but just I was carrying some of a lot of that pain for my grandmother, mm. of that loss, and like how she just felt completely like that shock of that loss and being left alone. Right, interesting because my mom wasn't even born then, but of course that was being carried in my grandmother's experience. Mm -hmm. She went on to have a second marriage and she had my mother and you know more children, but that lived, it lived mm -hmm. through my mom and got to me. And so I, I now I, I, I recognize him as part of, like he's somebody I think of and I honor and I, you know, that tragedy and that early loss and the fact that he couldn't finish what he had been here to do and how he must have felt you know leaving like that powerlessness leaving those two young children and his wife behind um and it was something that could have been cured with antibiotics today he just had some sort of infection and he died you know in his very very early 40s and often these things so you might feel this at the age that you are so let's say that person died in their 40s when you turn 40 we have these like uh, these clocks, right? Like in our family system that can, you start to feel things more intensely, just like that young man at 19. 
it started. There's the memory. There's some sort of cellular memory. Wow. Uh, that it also makes me think of like how much collective trauma we must carry as women for, I mean, because when you say left, I'm thinking like, this is in what year, like 19. Oh yeah. When he died. So it was like in the, like 1938, around there, 1940. Yeah. I mean, the, the feet, like the horror of losing your partner as a woman at a husband at that time would be so much greater than now is because I mean there were women couldn't own property in some places or have a bank account or you know inherit anything they were really really vulnerable I mean exactly. it wasn't just an emotional loss no no yeah and you had to remarry like it was not a question yeah yeah and so all the emotions around that right like if that was the love of your life it's it's it gets very complex right? mm -hmm. um, so what is the the deck because we haven't gotten to that yet so the deck you know combines all of this that i've been uh learning and working with people it's called inner child and beyond because it goes into ancestral healing and honoring mom and dad, uh, our childhood, but also beyond that, like the fears, the blessings, because we're talking a lot about the trauma and the fears. Sure, yeah. We can call on our ancestors for support, right? For love, like they never really leave us. And and so that's what this, so there's a guidebook, you know, and each card has an invitation, a journey, some statements, those soul statements I was talking about. I give for each card a statement that you say to your inner child. So for example, I just opened it to the trust card and I invite people to like close their eyes, imagine their inner child, however they appear in that moment, whatever age, like look at them and you can say out loud, little one, together we will trust life again. Hmm. And then there's a journey, like a visualization and often taking you into the card because the artwork is just stunning. So I, what, that's one of, that's the love card, the painting I have behind me. I'll show you a few of, this is uh, the boundary card. Oh, that's beautiful. Who did these? So her name is Edie. She's an artist. She lives uh, near Woodstock, New York. Oh, beautiful. This is acceptance. Wow. Shadow. So there, there is some shadow work also and emotional healing. You know, how do we stay present with what we're feeling? So it really incorporates all of that in uh, each card list oh, beautiful painting Sorry. yeah are these like how how does she do this is it done on like a tablet the or canvas. is it like an actual yeah so they're all original the works of art yeah oh, wow. that she's done so over many, actually, many years they could be actually purchased as paintings as well yeah some of the originals you know some she's sold because these are it's a, her art for you know long long time she's been painting but some are yes uh, available. This is the ancestor card. Oh wow! That yeah. is beautiful. Yeah, and you can work with the deck in many, many ways. You know, some people even work with it with their children. They have them pick a card, based to show how they're feeling. You know, you can draw a card for guidance of what your inner child needs. I suggest a few ways in the booklet. That's I love that. Better. My kids are really into. That I showed yeah. them how to use a pendulum. 
Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Those are really beautiful. So that's, and that's available on Sage Moon? Yeah, it's available on Sage Moon. Yeah. Okay. I'll put that link in the podcast description notes for people so that right. they can check that out. Is there anything else you want to say or I'll ask you if there's anything else you want to say first and then I'll, I'll ask you a different question. <laughs> Not, no, that's we didn't good about that. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, can you share with people how they can get in touch with you? Sure. If they're interested in doing this work one-on-one, -on -one, like if that piqued their interest, then my website, and I'm, you can put it in the link, it's my name, ninamongendre.com. That's for the one-on-one -on -one sessions and uh, then Sage Moon, if you're interested in conscious jewelry and clothing, not really just for, it's not really for yoga, it's everyday clothing, just really fun cotton uh, by all, I work with like 10, 11, it evolves, but small designers, so small business owners who make their own, their own beautiful items and I curate the selection, so yeah. So cool. Well, thank you, Nina. It was really lovely catching up with you and finding out what you've been doing. Thank and you. um, yeah, thanks so much, everyone, for listening to the podcast. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please remember to like, rate, subscribe, whatever your service offers you as a way to engage and let others know that you're enjoying it so it gets shared with more people. For all news updates on what I am doing, you can go to my website, portersinger.com, sign up for my mailing list and get a free track as a thank you. All right. I will see you in the next episode. Bye.